great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I know I say this a lot of other times, but I really mean it this morning. Why couldn't this be Friday? Not because of the beginning of the weekend, but because you and I would be looking at a menu oh, yeah. getting ready to order breakfast right now. I am looking forward to that, and it's uh, 48 hours away. I know. <laughs> uh, it is the return hometown breakfast, hometown handshake, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Once again, want to remind you that uh, coming up this Friday and every Friday for the next couple of months, Chris and uh, I will uh, be broadcasting live mm-hmm. from various locations that serve food throughout the Treasure Valley. In particular, breakfast. We don't like to do it. We're forced to do it, and we're team players. So we say, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and give a little for our, our fellow you which, know, co-workers. Which one of the preceding sentences was incorrect? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make it like, you know, hey, yeah. this, is, this is a tough thing like, to do. Like this is actual work. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we still do our show. We'd yes. love to see you out there. A Blue Bench Brunchette is where we're going to uh, be this weekend. It's uh, one of the newest restaurants in the Treasure Valley. It'll be my first trip there. First time, yeah, first time I've ever been there. Um, we have been to the Huck House Brunchette, which mm-hmm. is another part of the family, as is down Sunrise off, Cafe. Down off State Street, yeah. The um, Hog, Biscuit and Hogs is also part of the uh, family of restaurants, uh, same owner. But here's the thing. If you've been to the Sunrise you don't go, oh, well, I don't need to go. I've already been to the Sunrise no, Cafe. Not even close. Menu isn't even close to the same. Same with Biscuit and Hogs. Right. Completely different menu than Biscuit and Hogs. Now, what I will be interested to see, if it is the same exact menu that you have, Huck House and Blue Bench, I guess it's going to be pretty much similar. Oh, I, I think it is it's similar, but still different. Still different. Because of the different locations and different names. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. That, get that bread pudding. That they have <laughs> cinnamon roll bread pudding. Because um, the only place that I've been able to find that has been the Huck House Brunchette. Uh-huh. And like I said, I am not a bread pudding fan I know. in any you, way, you shape, never or form. Liked any, you never liked any kind of bread pudding no. until you went to Huck House Brunchette. This may be one of the most amazing breakfast items ever. And it, it's filling by itself. They serve it in a mason jar. Interesting. It's so good. So good. So anyway, that's coming up here Friday. We'll be broadcasting live beginning at 6. Breakfast gets served beginning at 7 o'clock, so make plans to come on in and join us. We'll have a, a good time. Like I said, it is the hometown breakfast, hometown handshake. We're, we're allowed to shake hands mm-hmm. once again, which is uh, going to be very nice if you would like. We're not going to force you, but uh, anyway, make your plans to join I, us coming I, up here this Friday. I still think when it gets hot, we should have an afternoon thing called the hometown milkshake. That wouldn't be bad either. I like that. Yeah. A um, few things to talk about this morning. Some uh, changes in the uh, NFL. Talk a little bit about that. Overtime rules have been changed for the upcoming 2022-2023. Well, uh, the 2023 season. Because rules are not going to change for the regular season, only change for the playoffs. Interesting. Yeah. One year tried. See how, how they like it. And uh, basically, in the playoffs, because of what happened with the uh, Kansas City Buffalo Bills game this year. Both teams now in the playoffs, if a game goes to overtime, will get the ball. Regardless of whether regardless they, if they score the a touchdown or not. touchdown or not. Yeah, regardless if they score a touchdown, the other team will be given a chance to score a touchdown so and if, also tie the score again. So in the future, if Kansas City happens to have a really speedy wide receiver, at least the other team will still get the ball. Once. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
which I think is fair, especially when it comes to the playoffs, to sit there and play all year long and take it to overtime, and then you don't even get a chance, you know, other mm-hmm. than to try and defend it. Yeah, um, it's better than it used to be. Where uh, if a team, you know, uh, basically if if you won the coin flip, you were going to get a field goal try. Yeah. Um. So this this will change, and like I said, it's only going to change for the playoffs. It's not changing for the regular season. Um. One of the other things that they looked at, I I don't, I don't know if you saw the other one that was put out there by uh, Mike Vrabel. He really wanted to make it so that not only do do both not both teams don't get a chance but if you score a touchdown you must go for decide to go for two points mm-hmm. or just kick the extra point in in overtime if you go for the two points and you make it then you do win the game if you just decide to kick a field goal or the extra point or the extra point rather then the then other the team, other gets, team the gets a chance okay, if that's... you don't make if you don't kick the extra or if you go for two and don't make it the other team also gets a chance to score did, uh, did he have a reasoning for that he just he just, just that was one of his proposals that he would like to see now it it didn't that's the one that didn't make it mm-hmm. he said it's like golf he goes you have to prove it he goes you sit there and you make a birdie then you have to prove it on the next hole if you don't get a par then you don't I, win uh, the hole it it occurs to me i don't really get bored at sporting events even if they're blowouts, uh, you know, uh, hockey, basketball, football, baseball. And so every time they uh, implement new rules to try to shorten the games, it, it really doesn't jibe with what I like. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, I'll spend all day at a baseball game. I don't care. Well, no, I mean, that's the problem with a lot of people are, you know, like you mentioned, they want to, don't want the game to go on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get it. If, if, during the regular season, you could have possibly a game that goes on two more quarters. And football is so violent and so hard on your body that you don't want, you know, teams having to play an extra half a game or an extra yeah, even if, quarter of a game. But if your team is really beat up and, and you know, not able to play, I, I would say step aside and let the other team score a touchdown. Um, <laughs> and that's not usually something coaches say. Another uh, change, the NFL is requiring teams to hire women uh, or minorities as coaches for the 2022 season. But not like as, as linemen. Well, no, they don't have to play. This you, you don't have to play to be a coach. True. Yeah. No, this is just as coaches. Um, so this is part of their new diversity for the roles. The NFL will re- reimburse teams up to two hundred thousand in twenty twenty two, two hundred and five thousand in twenty twenty three from league funds you, for coaches who are minorities and women. You get reimbursed for their salary. Yep. Well, then it's a no brainer. I mean, hire some people. The NFL also uh, now consider women for all qualifying roles under its Rooney rule. So you don't have to just interview uh, a black coach, mm-hmm. Hispanic coach. Female um, coach yeah. You can now interview a female coach, and that would serve the same purchase as interviewing uh, one of the minority races. So we haven't gotten rid of tokenism then, just uh, transferred it to, right. to sexist in- tokenism. Yeah, in- including <laughs> expanded in- it, including yeah. women. They've expanded it <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Be- before, women could only satisfy the requirement well, they, for the positions reason, such as club president and senior executive, the but reason, now coaches will be considered. Yeah, the reason they called it the Rooney Rule is simply because Rooney uh, a few times hired coaches and uh, simply because... When his current coach was having a losing record and not doing well, he got in mind who he would like for the job and then hired that mm-hmm. person without really opening it up to anyone eligible. Which, I mean, people now accuse that it, the same thing is happening 
It's just that now you're required to yeah, now interview you, two people that you're never going to hire anyway. Right. Now, instead of hiring somebody the uh, first afternoon after a firing, it takes two weeks. Now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, also, and the names have not met, mentioned, but they will be coming out. More, uh, I think two or three more coaches have joined uh, Brian Flores in his suit against the NFL um, for their minority hiring hmm. practices, um, and they will be suing other specific teams. Brian Flores, of course, suing the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Um, there are apparently other coaches said that they were treated the same way by their teams. So those teams and those coaches will be announced coming up here, I, I would guess, in the next couple of days. I, I should sue on behalf of people with no football talent whatsoever. KBOI Newstime 615. There are other sports going on. Those are just some of the new uh, rule changes in the NFL that came out as of yesterday. Some of the things we'll be talking about. Your thoughts? If you would like to weigh in, phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Right now, time for our first check on what's going on with sports with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Don't forget, get in for lunch every day, Monday through Saturday. They open up at 10.30. They're there early every morning, making everything from scratch to make it delicious just for you. Well, we'll look at Boise State spring football once again today. Heading into the 2022 Boise State football season, there's one position on the defensive side of the ball that really is sticking out this spring. The strength of Boise State's defense will be at safety with J.L. Skinner and Tyreek Jones starting for a third year together. They combined for 145 tackles and each had two interceptions last season. Skinner says being on the same page with Jones is a huge help. I basically know him like a book now. I can tell what he's thinking at any moment. I just look at him, he looks at me, and we don't even got to say anything. It's like, okay, we know what we're doing. So it's just great having somebody like that that's uh, very smart. He's a very intelligent football player, so it just makes my job easier because he's still teaching me things to this day. So I just love being around him. It just makes everything way easier. Skinner at 6'4", 220, and Jones at 6'2", 205 give the back end of the Bronco defense a physical presence to go along with the experience and football smarts. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And, of course, you'll be able to hear the Boise State spring game right here on News Talk KBOI. That's coming up on the afternoon, Saturday of April the 9th. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 622. He is Chris Welton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always be a part of the show. Phone lines open for you at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Email Chris at Mike at KBOI.com, or you can text us, same as our main number. I just got a text in, so we were talking about the uh, female hiring in the uh, NFL, minority hiring. Uh, whatever happened to hiring the best person for the job? I think that's that is one of the uh the complaints but you can also say the flip side that you know there there's been a very long time where the best person wasn't being hired for the job yeah. um you know especially if you don't interview and even give anybody a chance you make your decision before the person was even fired that I'm going to hire this person then that person people that might be better for the job don't even get a chance to interview for mm-hmm. it so I think you know there's there's two sides to that story and well, I I do for, get it for 100 years uh, the attitude of companies is is be sure and hire the uh, the best white person for the job. Mm-hmm. That was it. I'm not sure if the Rooney rule does anything to make sure that minority coaches get hired or that the best person for the job is getting hired. 
I mean, if it was working, I guess you wouldn't see Brian Flores, and we don't know, maybe, I mean, you can sue anybody for anything, but I mm-hmm. guess we'll find out if he uh, wins his suit against the Miami Dolphins and uh, the NFL. And as I, you, we were going to break, I told you they're uh, announced that two or three more coaches have said that they are going to join the uh, lawsuit. Those coaches haven't been named, and the teams that they are suing have not been named as of yet, but you're probably going to be hearing uh, more from those. Did you get a uh, text message yesterday from the uh, CDC? Did I? Yeah. I, I don't recall one. What was it supposed to say? That uh, you are now eligible for your second Oh, I know. I heard that in the booster news. Booster shot. I heard that in the news. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't get a message, though. Yeah, I got my text message yesterday before I even heard it on the news, and I'm like, hmm, well, this is news to so me, and then one, I started hearing it on This, the this will be our fourth shot overall, then. Yeah. Are you going to get the fourth booster? Sure, or the, the fourth shot? Why not? I don't know if I am or not. I haven't. I haven't decided. I mean, I've, I've been trying desperately since I found out that it changes your DNA to change mine, like so I can be like better looking. It's just <laughs> not working. I got. I get the feeling that it doesn't really change your DNA. Well, um, that's because it doesn't. Oh, no! No matter what our caller said yesterday, that it changes your DNA. That it's impossible to change your DNA from an NRMN mrna shot mm-hmm. it doesn't enter your dna it doesn't alter your dna it well, doesn't doesn't make you into somebody who can jump I, higher or run faster i, I, or I anything don't know though, like because the, the people who don't know what they're talking about seem very sure that it does <laughs> and i, and I, tend I to, will grant you that. i usually tend to believe those people because they're so adamant those in the united states age 50 and older can now get a second pfizer or moderna COVID 19 vaxxer bo- vaccine booster shot for f- four months after their first booster so if it's been four months since you got your third shot uh you are now mm-hmm. and over 50 years old you are now ageable eligible rather well it's been to get your fourth shot i think i got mine five months ago so there you go immune compromised children ages 12 and older are also eligible for a second booster dose of pfizer Shot four months after their first booster, while those 18 and older can get a second Moderna booster. Adults who got vaccinated and received a booster shot with the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine at least four months ago can also get a second booster with uh, an mRNA vaccine. Right now, if you're wondering why we need this, um, apparently uh, there's a new variant that is starting to sweep you the know country. What? You know what? I wasn't wondering. BA, I, I've stopped wondering if they tell me to get one. I just do. You just do. BA2, an Omicron subvariant of BA1, which was the one that was so bad and sweeping the country with so many people and highly contagious, uh, is now the new um, dominant strain in the United States. 54.9% of all new See, test positive tests are coming back as the I, BA2 strain. I knew this was going to happen when they named that other one one, because if you name something <laughs> one, there has to be a Another two, two or a number three. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, Queen Victoria. She's not Queen Victoria the first because there's never been another one. The good, good news is um, this is mainly right now in the uh, south and northeast, Mountain West, still not seeing it as the main variant yet. So we'll get to watch the rest of the country as the new variant comes in to see if it is more deadly, if it is, you know, more easily transmitted or not. We, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of questions we just don't know about the new subvariant, or if there is no really big change whatsoever and it'll just be treated as, you know, the, the things that happened here are the same as the original right. strain of, of it. They are uh, calling this the stealth strain. I, I'm, I'm reasonably sure that like all the other strains of the last couple of years, it'll be ignored by most people. Just curious, um, if you have received your three, are you going to be like Chris? You're going to get that fourth shot now that they've told you that you're eligible to get it? 
The only reason I would consider the only reason I would consider not getting it is if it weren't free. That is one thing we're going to be looking into in the uh, near future. That the money is going to be gone for these free shots. So that's a that's a good thing that you brought up. Now this is still free, but if there's going to be say every winter like the flu shot, fifth booster, Mm -hmm. or you know you get to get a booster every year year are you going to start paying for it you think the government will announce something like well we tried but we just can't find any more money (laughs) well considering they're printing new money seems like every day for new things that they really want then no their attitude has always been never say never yeah kboi news time 627 broadcasting from the empire title studios we are news talk kboi There's the uh, newest long-awaited oh, so, trailer for Top Gun. So I take it uh, Goose Jr. is in this. Yes. We finally we finally have a date. It's funny. My son and I were uh, in last week. He's a real big fan of Top Gun. has been waiting for this. And we were talking. I go, is, is this ever going to come out? Because it was supposed to come out <laughs> two and a half years ago. So everybody's two and a half years older when the movie was finished. But because of COVID, uh, they want to release this just in movie theaters. And because of COVID and everything, they just kept pushing it back. And from the summer of two years ago to the Christmas time to summer and then Christmas time. And now it's going to be coming out May 27th. Okay. It's one of the most, my wife and I saw it, came up, came up last night on uh, television. The new, and we looked at each other, we're going to that. Now that we have a, a date for the second movie, it reminds me that I had a date for the first movie. <laughs> I didn't. I saw that. I was working in California uh-huh. at the time. The morning show and myself all went to a uh, matinee showing at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Just absolutely loved it. Uh, I just hope uh, I went, that this is anywhere close to the original. I, I was in college, and I went at 9 o'clock at night with a girl. With a girl. Mm-hmm. With an actual girl. An actual living uh, girl. Yes. Was this your sister? It was not. Okay, just checking, just to make sure. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your now, Verizon Wireless. To be fair, I, I have gone to movies with my sister, but not since I was about eight. And not as a date, right? No, never. Okay. Um, coming up after 7 o'clock, as you heard in the news there, um, Senator Jim Risch was on the show with Nate Shulman yesterday talking about what's going on um, in Ukraine with Russia. Um, Russia, of course, as we've talked about, probably a little bit surprised as we are that Ukrainians have been so fierce in defending their country, which is a good thing to see. Talks a little bit about um, are things possibly going to be coming to a close. Um, There's been uh, news stories yesterday out that uh, Putin is uh, said to be drastically withdrawing troops from Kiev and other areas in the uh, latest sign that Russia is losing the Ukraine war. Uh, other people saying, though, that uh, don't necessarily or take that with a grain of salt and don't necessarily believe uh, could be just uh, a way to say that he's 
withdrawing some troops and actually just moving them around because you can't believe Putin and what he says. Um, we get the thoughts from uh, Senator Jim Risch. We'll get to uh, some of those. By the way, uh, you can hold the, hear the whole interview. It is on the podcast, Nate Schoen's show yesterday, KBOI.com, or you can click through on our fan page on Facebook. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through to us this morning. And also, as usual, get through by emailing Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. Chris also standing by instant messages on our fan page on Facebook if you'd like to send us an instant message that way. Or you can text us, same as our main number. Um, also toll free from wherever you might be listening, 1-800-529-5264. I know my brother listens uh, this time of the morning where he lives in uh, north-central Idaho, mm-hmm. in uh, around Kendrick and wherever he's working. He listens to what? To us? To us oh, on great. 670 KBOI. Fantastic. Um, I, I had forgot yesterday to wish him a happy birthday, so I'm doing it. I wished him a happy birthday, uh, but I had forgot during the show that it was his birthday. Uh-huh. So my brother Jeff, he was the one that uh, spent a little time in the hospital with COVID, mm-hmm. um, has recovered now and uh, doing better. But anyway, happy birthday to my brother Jeff, who was listening this morning. Yeah, happy birthday, Jeff. Anybody else who might have missed that I mean, might, you know, yesterday ha- might want to... Happy late birthday, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Um, 25K payday underway, day three today, beginning at 8 o'clock every day, Monday through Friday. Give you a chance to uh, win $100 in cash every single hour. Plus, be entered in on the grand prize drawing for $25,000. That'll happen on May the 2nd. And the only way you can get in on that grand prize drawing is to be one of our daily $100 winners. So when you hear the word, keyword, every hour, top of the hour, beginning at 8 o'clock, text that to 95819. Remember, that is a different text line than our text number. (laughs) Every day um, we get people texting the keyword to our text line here at 208-336-3700. That's not the way it works. I admit it's a good try if you didn't hear the actual number. Yeah, Um, but the keyword, you want to lock it into your phone, needs to be text to this specific number and this number only, 95819. Five, eight, one, nine. All right, and it, you don't even have to be first. All right, every hour they will pick one one hundred dollar winner, and then everybody who wins every single day will be entered in that grand prize drawing for twenty five thousand dollars in cash. KBY twenty five K pay payday is underway. A chance to win beginning at eight o'clock coming up here this morning. Time for a check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. The place to go for lunch. Today's Wednesday. You know what that means. One of their most popular soups, jalapeno bacon potato cheddar, is up today. If you uh, like a soup with a slow burn on the back end, get yourself mm-hmm. in today for a great soup. Team that up with a sandwich, salad, or a wrap. You got yourself a fabulous lunch at Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Good morning. Let's look at the NFL for just a minute. The Cleveland Browns have themselves a new quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and he might not be facing criminal charges, but NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell made it very clear yesterday that Watson could still be disciplined under the league's personal conduct policy as a result of those 22 pending civil lawsuits accusing him of inappropriate sexual contact. Speaking at the conclusion of the league meetings, Goodell said that Watson was still under investigation by the NFL for potential violations of its personal conduct policy. League investigators are overseeing uh, what's going on right now, in which Goodell said there really is no timetable for conclusion. 
Once the investigation is done, though, it'll be referred to a jointly appointed NFL and Players Association disciplinary officer who will then determine whether or not Watson should be suspended and or fined for any violations of the personal conduct policy during that investigation. And if anything changes, of course, with Sean Watson or the Cleveland Browns, we'll let you know. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up here uh, just after the top of the hour, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in uh, Ukraine. We'll uh, hear from one of the people, and one of the things surprising about this, he admits that uh, even he was shocked and mistaken uh, about his thoughts on uh, Ukraine being invaded by Russia. We'll hear from Senator uh, Jim Risch coming up here. He was on with Nate Shulman yesterday. Uh, a couple interesting thoughts on the uh, current invasion of uh, Russia, where he thinks it's going, and uh, his surprise that it has even lasted this long. We'll get to that coming up here um, just about 10 minutes from right now. Also on the way later this morning, another chance for you to uh, pick yourself up $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh Latte, located in downtown Meridian, right smack dab in the middle of downtown Meridian. Uh, great place for breakfast, lunch, dinner. They have a fantastic outdoor patio, by the way. We're getting into the season where people can start sitting outside yeah. and enjoying that. A huge patio, as I mentioned. Good point. Um, you've got a uh, great wine list, mimosas, they've got drinks, all sorts of stuff. And that's in addition to some uh, fantastic food. And occasionally uh, they do live music on the weekends for you, too. So you can win that coming up here. $50 gifts to figure with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Once again, it is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. If you have any need when it comes to real estate, wanting to uh, get questions answered, make things easier if you're buying or selling, uh, get the professionals from Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a call at 208-888-4128. Our question today, there is one state and one state only in these United States that has four times as many cattle living there as people in the state. Which state is it? If you know the answer, first person to get it correct coming up after 8 uh, o'clock, about 8.20, you'll have a $50 gift certificate once again to Deja Brew Laugh Latte. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 706 phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you would like to uh, get through this morning, we encourage that type of thing. You can also email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Russia said it is uh, set to drastically reduce forces near the Ukraine capital of Kiev as its invasion continues to falter. The announcement came as the Ukrainian military leadership had said it had begun to notice Russian troops withdrawal from Kiev and uh, Chernihiv. I think that's the correct pronunciation. Or as I would have called it, and another Ukrainian town. (laughs) Previous announcements of Russian troop withdrawals have been greeted with skepticism, but the Ukraine retaking of the town of Irpin near Kiev shows that Russian forces are on their back foot. The Russian announcement was nonetheless greeted with skepticism by some uh, in the Ukraine leadership. And Britain's Defense Secretary Ben Wallace said of the Russians, they must think that we were born yesterday. (laughs) Despite Western skepticism, footage 
geolocated to north of Kiev showed that Russians' uh, infamous Z-tanks trudging away from the city back towards Belarus. They got that name because somebody said, look, Z-tanks. <laughs> I, think Vlad- was, I think it was someone French. Vladimir Putin expected a quick victory when he ordered the invasion of Ukraine, but his forces have met stiff resistance in the war. He wasn't the only one that thought that this would be very quick. I would say that both you and I would thought, would you have thought that this yeah. was still going on a month later? I mean, who knew that people would actually defend their own country? Uh, national leadership, also a little shocked by this. One of those people who are shocked, one of the highest-ranking members, Foreign Affairs Committee, Senator Jim Risch, was on with Nate Shellman yesterday and his thoughts on Biden, uh, his gaffe on his speech in Poland, um, if there was any damage done by that gaffe, also, also his thoughts on Ukraine defending their country and how fiercely they've been defending. I think uh, damage that's done like this is is subjective. It's not it's not something that's objective where all of a sudden the world uh, turns upside down. It's I, I think probably for people that don't work in the lane of foreign relations, they say, well, what was the big deal there? He was just saying what was on everybody's mind that this guy shouldn't stay in power. Well, uh, that's one way to look at it. But the people who do this stuff, the, that would sound like hey, we need regime change. And if you want to escalate a fight, just start talking about regime change because that makes it, number one, very personal, and number two, makes it existential for whoever you're talking about to stay in power. So uh, for for an administration that's been so risk-adverse to not wanting to escalate, uh, that was a, a horrendous mistake. And, of course, everybody knew it. I mean, he, they had to do cleanup on aisle four, you know, immediately following mm-hmm. it. And uh, they tried the best they could, but the damage was done. I mean, that's, that's like trying to put the bullet back in the gun. It doesn't work. Senator Jim Rush joining us. And uh, the last time, or I say one of the earlier times we were talking about Russia and Ukraine and trying to figure out if this whole thing was going to go down, you at the time saying it was inevitable. And uh, I, I, I don't want to pull it off for you now, but we do have it. Um, there were a lot of assumptions made that this would take half an hour. I think those words uh, actually did leave your mouth when talking about how how fast Russia would go through. The unfortunate part is is it didn't take half an hour, and I, I wonder if it did. If the damage and destruction and and all the all the out uh, gosh all all the all the outcome would be so much as what we see now on a daily basis now more than a month later. What what is the end game for this? Well, let's back up first to the to the mistake I made. Uh, I made a mistake, and so did the entire world. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the Intelligence Committee. Um, uh, I talk to people from every country of the world uh, over a period of time, and I, there wasn't anybody that thought this would go more than a few days. Uh, some people said a half an hour uh, because of the, the uh, two things. Number one, uh, uh, Ukraine was a weak country with not much uh, weaponry, and they were against the, this mythical uh, a giant Russian bear that could uh, run over the top of anybody. We were surprised at the heart and the uh, uh, and the determination that the Ukrainians had, but we were shocked at the ineptitude of the Russian military. And uh, I mean, I uh, frankly, I I think they've got him beat. I mean, I I think by now Putin's probably realized he cannot win this war. He can win battles. He can take cities. He can do this and that. He will never occupy that country. Um, there they are. He has angered them uh, to the point where they will die before they uh, give up. So he can't win this, and that's a uh, that's a problem because he must win this. 
And so he's got to find an exit ramp where he can at least lie to his people where they'll have some uh, some belief in it that he actually wanted. But uh, uh, look, this has been a disaster for the uh, uh, for the Russian military. There's absolutely no question about it. And and I was wrong. Everybody was wrong. There wasn't sure. there wasn't anybody in the business that that thought that uh, we'd be where we are a month out. Once again, Senator Jim Risch on with Nate Shellman yesterday. Um, and also, just wanted to get this uh, other part of the interview in here, a talking point about um, when he thinks an agreement to the end of the war will be happening, if it's something that's uh, going to come quickly or, or if it's even coming at all. I don't think that an agreement is imminent. I, I think that there will be an agreement. I mean, that's how all conflicts end, uh, that there is some kind of, uh, of diplomatic uh, discussion. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, th- there's certain things I think that that uh, uh, Zelensky can give away uh, and and still have his country behind him. I think he can probably give away the two provinces they've been fighting uh, uh, for uh, for the last eight years. The, the provinces are are occupied by largely Russian populations, some Russian, some Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. They're on the border of Russia. Uh, he might even be able to give away the Crimea that the Russians took in 2014. What he cannot agree to is what the Russians originally demanded, and that was demilitarization. That is, that they give up their weapons. Now, they can agree to neutrality. That isn't the same as giving up your weapons. They can agree to neutrality. And uh, uh, at some point in time, I think something around that type of a... uh, of a of a resolution takes place. I, I think a lot of it will depend upon how ugly it gets for Putin back home. Look, if just think if you were a Russian, the banks are shut down, the stock market is shut down, your credit cards don't work, you can't buy any Western uh, uh, products that you're used to living on. What would happen in the United States if that sort of a thing happened? I mean, you you can live with that austerity for a week or two, but here in the United States, the party would already be over, and, and, and there in Russia, it's going to take more time because they've, they've lived with austerity for centuries. But somebody is going to say, look, we can do better here, and uh, uh, that, that'll, that'll be a problem for him. So it just depends on, on how domestically uh, he continues to survive this. You know, nobody knows how many dead Russians there are, but there's... There's at least 7,000, uh, maybe as many as 15,000. The truth probably lies in the middle there. But that's almost as many as they lost uh, in, the, in the 10 years they spent fighting in Afghanistan. And they've only been at this a month. Uh, the Ukrainians are very good at uh, killing Russians. And a lot of it has been done with just private weapons, with, uh, with hunting rifles. <laughs> Some of the people here are saying this ought to end the, deba- the, the debate on the Second Amendment. The people themselves took this thing into their hands. Once again, Senator Jim uh, Risch on with Nate Shellman yesterday's show. Uh, there's more of the interview. If you would like to hear the whole thing, you can hear it on the podcast at KBOI.com, or you can also um, check it out, fan page on Facebook, if you would like. It's interesting because you and I talked about this you know, back when this began, and it wasn't over in a day or two. No. That if it got to the point where, you know, mothers and fathers in the country were losing their sons, and especially if the oligarchs get tired of losing their yachts and their money, <laughs> they could turn on, on Putin. And I think you're seeing the, some the, of that right now. The, the one thing that Rish said that I, I didn't necessarily um, agree with was that uh, Zelensky would probably be okay. I mean, they, they, they don't want to demilitarize, you know, the Ukrainian army, mm-hmm. but he'd probably be okay giving up Crimea. No, I don't think he will. Hard to say. You know, if it, if it ends 
Russia, suffering. Russia, Russia right now is saying, you know, we're willing to talk peace. Just give us whatever we yeah. want. They're, I, I, they're definitely not going to get everything. And, and Ukraine has basically proved that they don't have to give up everything to get peace again. Um, you know, if, if they can still take keep defending and taking back parts of, of uh, Ukraine like they have mm-hmm. and killing Russian soldiers, like we said, it's going to get to a point where those mothers and fathers and go, what are we doing here? We're, we're losing our kids. Um, either do something, we'll find somebody who will. KBY News Time, 7.15. Let's get a check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you again by Fat Guys Fresh Deli Meridian. Good morning. Looking at Boise State spring football that's going on right now. If you look back to last season, safety J.L. Skinner was named second team All-Mountain West. While being recognized on the first team this year would be nice, it's not a goal that he's really thinking about. Broncos safety J.L. Skinner led the team with 92 tackles last season and decided to return for his senior year instead of moving on to the pros. As he looks to the fall, team goals are more important to him than individual accomplishments. You know, I'm not really thinking of myself individually within this time. Personally, I'm really just thinking about the bigger picture and trying to really bring everything, bring the championship back to boys. That's the main thing on my mind. You guys see all the Mount West championships that we brought back. I've only gotten one of them. So that's my main goal right now. I'm trying to bring one more back and just leave, leave this place better than when I found it. Skinner and Tyreek Jones return as starters at safety and they give the Broncos the most experienced, physical, and athletic pair in the Mountain West. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And the Boise State spring game is coming right up. Once again, you'll be able to hear it right here on News Talk KBOI. That's going to be on Saturday afternoon, April the 9th. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, uh, stocks futures down 89 points after being uh, up yesterday by uh, quite a bit. Jeremiah Bates out uh, a little under the weather today, so we're talking with Nick Daniels. Uh, Nick, thought we would uh, talk a little bit today about Biden's budget proposal. Um, haven't talked a lot about this this week. Um, have you had a chance to look into it? Some of the things that are, what is this, over $800 billion? <laughs> well, that's not, just for, I'm you, sorry, $800 billion is just for the military, right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> 813 billion for in, in in defense spending, 31 billion in new defense spending. Uh, but his budget is like the bad penny that just keeps turning up, guys. I mean, he's talking about bringing back a tax on the ultra high net worth Americans. He's talking about uh, raising the top tax bracket back up to 39 percent on the top wage earners. He's wanting to do away with the 1031 exchange again, and he's talking about uh, taxing unrealized cap gains, which is a huge issue. It was a huge issue last year and caused tons of holdup. Uh, remember, like, his whole Build Back Better agenda and, and everything that got crushed by uh, Manchin, basically? He's trying to bring these same issues back at the same time that we've got this massive war going on in Ukraine and, and all sorts of things going on, it just honestly it doesn't make sense to me. I think it's I think it's sort of laughable that they touted a one point three trillion dollar basically cut uh, compared to the twenty twenty budget. Well, if we remember back in twenty twenty there was this thing called COVID and there was a ton of stimulus spending. And now that they're not doing that, they're like trying to tout, hey look, we're not even spending as much as we did in twenty twenty. 
Well, of course, guys. So it's like lipstick on a pig, in my opinion. It's just not looking very good. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. How do you tax somebody on gains that you haven't even got? You, 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 on paper, they're gains, but you, you have no money to pay those gains unless you actually sell them. Uh, are they going to be prepared every, every time that the stock market goes down, like so far this year, to write billions of dollars to these rich people for taxes that they have lost, gains they've lost also? I, I just don't see Americans going, oh, yeah, it's perfectly fine. We'll write, um, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, that was quite a gamble. But one hey, billion some, dollar check. Here's some to, money to make up for it. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't, <laughs> you can't tax them on unrealized gains and then also tax them on losses, can you? I mean, I guess you could propose no. it. No, it's it's and well, and that's the thing. I mean, if if they're going to end up passing this idea of taxing unrealized gains, what are people going to do? Well, then they're going to make sure that they sell and lock in losses. They're going to do everything that they can to avoid these gains, which is going to affect the markets. It's going to affect. Um, I mean, you're, it's going to affect pension funds. It's going to affect institutional level investors. It's just it's just a bad plan. And it will affect. There, I mean, because a lot of people don't think that it's going to affect them personally because they aren't multi-millionaires and billionaires, but it will affect people just as you mentioned, right? Because it'll affect people, pension funds, 401ks, IRAs, et cetera. It, it, it absolutely will. It absolutely will. These things, these things always tend to trickle down. I mean, you know, if you follow Twitter or anything like that, Elon Musk has been having a fun, uh, a fun feud with Senator Elizabeth Warren, you know, about taxes and things like that. And, and what people forget is, although, although we, we, every person tends to kind of like get angry at people who have a lot of money because, oh, you have something I don't have. The reality is these ultra high net worth people are creating jobs. They are, uh, they are stimulating the economy with the companies that they're running and the industries that they are overseeing and the inventions that they're producing. And it trickles down to people like you and I. And so the idea of, hey, we're going to squeeze more out of those people and it won't affect the commoners like us, it's just not true because it does trickle down to us and it, it affects us all. Nicholas, uh, thank you for being with us once again this morning. We'll get an update after the market opens, uh, currently down on the, the indexes uh, here. But we'll uh, also, I don't know if we'll talk to you tomorrow, if Jeremiah will have his voice back or not, but uh, one way or the other, we will hear from you again. Yep, sounds good, guys. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 740, uh, good morning. Thanks for being a part of the show. You can even be more of a part of the show by calling us up. 208-336-3700. Toll free 1-800-529-5264. And uh, on your Verizon phone, just hit pound 670. Kenny and Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Oh, did we just lose? News 670 KBOI. There you hey, are. Kenny. Okay, what was that again? <laughs> you, you cut out just a, a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sitting in your guys' traffic jam listening to you guys on the radio. It's, it's not our traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you said the other morning. Well, we appreciate people that are caught in the traffic jam because we know that you will listen to us just a tad bit longer when that traffic gets, you know, backed up yeah. a little bit. Not, so we appreciate uh, you. Not our fault, though, much like the weatherman who people blame for the weather. <laughs> true that. True that. <laughs> well, if you want to know what the weather is, just stick your head out the window and that's your weather for the day. Right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, no argument there. Well, I just want to let you guys know, I used to listen to the sports radio station, and I was kind of like, what? Why'd they take them off? But I tell you what, I have been blessed, and I have learned a lot from all of you guys' radio hosts. You guys are doing a terrific job. I love each and every one of you guys, and keep up the great work and, and being honest about what you do on both sides. Wow. See, that's what I like is a good, honest critique. Thank you. That is very, very nice to say. By the way, I do want to let you know that, you know, the the sports talk radio station did not go away. It just moved down the dial a little bit. Well, that's all right. You guys turned out to be one of my favorite radio stations ever. Excellent. That is so nice of you. Uh, It's nice of you to feel that way, but even nicer to take the time to uh, actually let us know. That was my day is going to go so much nicer now. Uh, You're welcome. You guys stay blessed and, uh, Good luck with the traffic. Yeah, Yeah, good luck with that traffic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm stuck in, well, beyond Caldwell, so I have to be at work at 8. Well, you still still have 18 minutes, so we have high hopes. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Do you have a helicopter? Oh, I wish I did. Maybe one of those self-flying drones. (laughs) That'd be cool, too. Thank you, Kenny. Keep Keep up your great work. Love your show. Love your show? I wasn't going to tell him the the sports station was still on, but <laughs> I, mean, not, I mean that was nice of you. Yeah. It's, you know, well, I mean, I, you, it, you were, you like, were honest. They didn't about disappear. It. We just, you know, they moved down the dial. We picked up a new dial, and it, it's nice to hear. I mean, considering you know that kind of balances out the uh, person who uh, wrote a text earlier said that we're being paid by Pfizer to give false information because uh, we get mm-hmm. a paycheck from Pfizer. I have not received a paycheck yet. Really? And maybe it's you. Maybe you're hoarding all the Pfizer money. I, I got two of them. I don't know why you didn't get one. See? I knew it. <laughs> I knew I was getting screwed somehow. I don't own Pfizer stock. No, no, I'm not getting paid by Pfizer. Of course, I spent it all on beer. No, I didn't spend it all on beer. Um, <laughs> anyway. Hookers and blow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All I can tell you is it's gone. <laughs> uh, the, um, oh, what was it? Oh, I... Somebody just wrote in and said, what do you mean, honest critique? All he did was praise you. I know that was uh, supposed to be the joke, actually. Mm. Yeah. Whenever somebody calls in and all they do is tell us how great we are, I always say, that's what I love, an honest, honest critique. critique. Yeah. The people that criticize us, that, now that is lies oh, and yes, I'm, I'm made up stuff. I'm, exactly. It's fantasy. KBOI News Time, 744. Again, joke. Don't write in. Yeah, don't write in. 744. Uh, let's get a final check on what's going on with sports with Rick Worthington this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Voted the number one rated deli in the entire state of Idaho. Get in and find out. If you've never been in, get in and find out why they were rated number one. Today's a good day, too, because one of their most popular soups, jalapeno bacon potato cheddar, um, is up today. Uh, a lot of people love it. See if you like it, too. Uh, team that up with a salad wrap or a sandwich. and got yourself a great meal at Fat Guys Fresh Deli just off Wells Avenue in Meridian. Good morning. This story is for Mike Casper, who is the biggest golf fan in the room. Mm-hmm. Five-time Masters champion Tiger Woods, who's trying to come back from a serious leg and foot injury that he suffered in a car wreck about 14 months ago, played 18 holes at Augusta National Golf Club yesterday. Woods, who is now 46 years old, played all 18 holes with his son Charlie and PGA Tour uh, pro Justin Thomas, who's a close friend of his. Woods and his team arrived yesterday morning at Augusta Regional Airport on his private jet, uh, stirring some anticipation on social media that maybe he was preparing to play in the Masters. 
Augusta National, because of its many hills and its length, is considered one of the most difficult walks in competitive golf. This past weekend, uh, since deleted video emerged of Woods playing at a different golf club in Florida. Woods is listed among the expected 91 participants for next week's Masters, the first major championship of the season, but he's not yet officially saying whether or not he is going to play. Woods, a 15-time Majors champion, hasn't played a regular PGA Tour event since the 2020 Masters, which was played in November that year because of COVID-19. So, Mike, I'm saying there's a chance. I'm Rick Worthington. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And while you're at it, Alexa, turn up the volume. To make sure everybody hears us. Mm -hmm. We have important stuff we're going to say. Uh, text message in 208-336-3700 from Anonymous Citizen says, I know this is kind of old news, but I finally watched the video of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock and was disgusted at how Will Smith just walked away after smacking him like a thug who just accomplished his goal. He sure did make Martin Luther King Jr. proud that day. Somebody just described him as looking smug, like he knew that uh, you know that was no problem. He would certainly get away with that. A couple of other people uh, made comments yesterday. Um, Will Smith's mother and how she felt about what happened at the Oscars on Sunday. That's Will Smith's mother, like the real mother, not the Bel Air mother. Gotcha. Um, Serena Williams, who uh, was one of the uh, characters in the movie King James, for which he won Best Actor Award um, yesterday, said that she believes that uh, he should lose his Oscar. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you you don't lose your Oscar for... Uh, it's it's not like like not going into the baseball hall of fame. There's no rule that says you have to live a clean life to uh, keep your Oscar. Right. Uh, otherwise, there are several men and women who would not have one. It'll be interesting to um, see what the Academy, if they do anything. I'm not saying that they're going to do anything. They are going to meet and they're going to discuss it. Um, there are things. I mean, he can be taken out of the Academy and just say, "Hey, you're not a member of the Academy anymore." Did you see Jim Carrey? What what he said? Uh-uh. He uh, was very critical of the whole thing. He said he was sickened by the fact that the crowd gave him a standing ovation when he won Best Actor later. Because he said, you know, why would you give a, a standing ovation to a guy who had just gone up and, and assaulted somebody? And um, he also said that uh, if he were Chris Rock, he would have already filed suit against uh, Will Smith for $200 million. <laughs> I, I, in my way of thinking, I think Chris Rock is, has done the right thing. You know, he's just moved on. Well, yeah. The, if if the right thing is just be cool about it, that's yeah. what's what's what he did. I mean, why? I mean, 
Chris Rock makes enough money. There's no reason for him, you know, unless he wants to be punitive. But you have to remember that these and, these people are friends. I and, mean, they run in the same circles. They showed up later that night at the same after party, Oscars after party. Mm-hmm. I have a number of friends who either work at or have performed at or own comedy clubs. And they were all quite critical of it because nobody wants it to be a yeah. a regular thing where if you're offended by a joke told by a comic or comedian that you just, you know, it, it's open season on the comedian. In the grand scheme of things, uh, as we move on for this, I, I don't think anybody is going to be hurt by this financially. I mean, we've already heard Chris Rock sold more tickets on Monday of this week for his stand-up yeah. comedy tour than he had sold in the previous three months combined. Will Smith is still a great actor. I don't think this is going to cost him jobs. No, I don't either. One of the club owners uh, said that uh, that uh, he was going to implement a new policy where if, if you come to see a comedy show before it starts, you have to fill out a survey. Everybody in the audience has to fill out a survey, and you have to list everything that offends you so the, com- <laughs> so the, so the comedian will know what he can't talk about. For the most part, I mean, we've all seen, seen com- comedy shows, right? I mean, sure. That, I mean, the comedy that most people is really funny is stuff that makes you uncomfortable. Well, it's it's anything, you're making fun of things comedy, that make you uncomfortable. Comedy, comedy is about surprise, like you know, hey, you said something that I hadn't thought of, and it's very funny, or you just did something that I hadn't thought of or wouldn't do, and it's very funny too. I mean, you can you can strike out doing that in comedy. There's a fine line between a sense of humor and uh, making... Well, okay, Steve Martin said that. He said that the comedy was the uh, the art of making people laugh without making them puke. And sometimes you're laughing so hard you do puke. <laughs> and then I, I guess that one failed then. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, ratings were up slightly, not a bunch. Ratings were up for the Oscars compared to last year. Um, so does getting slapped on TV help? ABC is hoping that it does. <laughs> I didn't feel it. <laughs> and The Bachelor. The second night that we were together, we talked about running away together. What the heck? Don't miss all your favorite shows. Now with unexpected face slaps. When is she gonna like slap us across the face again? Greatest night in the history of television. On ABC. <laughs> I'd watch that. It's funny. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Why are those numbers important? Because those are the numbers you should be locking in for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question on the way in 20 minutes. If you'd like to get a free $50 gift certificate for food from Deja Brew, Laugh-A Latte. It's not a comedy club, by the way. There will be no slapping. Uh, great place to get some food, though. Uh, downtown Meridian, and all you have to do is answer our question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For any help that you need with real estate, whether it's buying, selling, investing, call today at 208-888-4128. Our question today, there is one state and one state only in the United States that has four times as many cattle uh, in the state as people. Our question today is, which is that state? If you're the first person to answer in 20 minutes, we'll give you that $50 gift certificate Compliments of Deja Brew Laugh-A-Latte.
Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congressman Russ Fulcher was uh, due to be with us this morning. Uh, he had to attend a uh, funeral, so he will not be with us at 835 as we had planned. Uh, he will be with us, though, Friday morning at about 7.35. He has uh, a little more time on Friday. So but, 7.35 Friday morning. But still on the phone, right? So I, I have a request. I don't know if he's going to be on the phone. Uh, I'd love to have him at Blue Bench Brunchette if he happens to be in town. Well, sure. So I have an invitation out to him if he happens to be in town to join us live from our hometown breakfast. Telling slash me, handshake. Tell him to leave and pick up his bread pudding tab. I will. I'll pick up his bread pudding tab. If he happens to be in town. So um, either way, it'll either be uh, live if he happens to be in town and agrees uh, to join us, or it will be on the phone. He may be in Washington, D.C. working. Okay. Um, so anyway, instead of this morning at 835, uh, we've had to uh, move that to Friday morning at 735. Please make note of it in your programming notes. There we go. Okay. You think most people keep programming notes? Mm, who knows? Okay. Uh, good news yesterday, I- Idaho Governor has signed uh, into law the $20 increase into the amount that we can recover on taxes paid on food through the grocery sales tax credit. So uh, instead of $100 um, next year, you will have $120. Uh, people, that's for people under 65. If you're over 65, instead of $120, you will have $140. So an extra $20 for everybody. You get money. You get $20. You get $20. The uh, change does not take effect this year. It will take effect starting with food purchased in 2023. See, that's one of those cases where I just say thank you because I don't like to look a gift horse in the mouth. And and again, you know, you can justify that by saying twenty dollars is twenty dollars after all. Mm-hmm. Well, and once again, it is um, a tax credit. So I mean, it's sure. just a percentage of what you would be taxed on groceries. So I know a lot of people like to say, oh, big deal. The government's going to give us $20. Well, you, you take that times, what are there? 1.8 million people mm-hmm. in the state. That that turns out to be a lot of money. Well, it's, <laughs> but it's not a gift. It's just something they're not taking. Yeah. Well, they're, they're taking it and giving it back because it is a credit. Yeah. And that is one of the other complaints are, are that people said, I could use that $20 throughout the year it, it, actually, it's more than that. It's $120. It's like, why do you have to take it away from? Why do I have to pay the taxes mm-hmm. and then you give it back to me as a credit um, where I, I have to wait a whole year to use it? Why don't you just give it to me by doing away with the uh, grocery tax? I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like it, it's a burglar explaining to you that you shouldn't be angry because he left a lot of your good stuff. The legislature should... Signy die after either tomorrow or Friday is my my guess. They're going to meet again tomorrow, as we've told you, to address the uh, vetoes by the governor, specifically the one veto where it's very close on whether or not they have um, the number of votes needed in both the House and the Senate to for override. The yeah. yeah, for the uh, anti mandates or the the temporary stoppage of the uh, mandate. Um, once again, the governor is not pro-vaccines. He's not anti-vaccines. He's just anti-government telling businesses one way or the other that you must have your employees vaccinated or that you're not allowed to have your employees vaccinated. Now we'll find out, you know, the uh, representatives and the senators who represent us, 
You know, if you if you want this voted a certain way, here's your chance to let your representative know by calling them up before tomorrow because the vote will happen tomorrow on whether or not they will override the veto. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm normally in charge of scheduling the uh, legislators for Thursday and Friday. I don't have anybody yet because I'm not sure they want to come on. I have uh, I have emailed, however. Yeah, I I mean they don't have any new business. It would be interesting to talk. You know, maybe to some of the leadership, and maybe we can do that even after this week, because a lot of them, they're going to, they want the heck out. They've been here long enough. Sure. They want to get home, you know, the, the, staying the yeah. extra week they're, even, they're, they didn't want to do. They're showing up at the, at the Capitol with a packed vehicle. Um, but maybe in the uh, couple next couple of weeks, we can talk to some of the leadership and said, you know, find out what, what were they happy about, um, what were things that didn't get done that they were, you know, wish had gotten done. Um, Every year, I, we, we invite Republicans in and I asked them, you know, what they're happy about. And then we have some Democrats on and I asked them what they're disappointed about. I think everybody, and that includes all the people voting, all the people who are represented by the uh, senators and the representatives, probably not happy that more wasn't done on property taxes again. I, I think everybody is going to be leaving not happy, whether Democrat. Yeah, considering that was the Republican, last thing. After it ended last year, finally, in like November, they said, okay, that's the one thing we didn't manage to get done, so we're going to tackle that first. And then every question about the legislature, while the legislature wasn't in session, was about property taxes. And then they, you know, started their session, and and it became fairly apparent they they weren't really doing much about it. There was a pretty big out-of-the-box proposal that was put forth by State Senator uh, Jim Rice having to do with increasing sales tax. Right, that was doing something. But almost getting rid of almost all property taxes for everybody. Um, you would still have the property tax that you would have to pay for school levies, but it would get rid of all other property taxes. He used the example of a $2,600 bill paid by someone who owns a home. Um, getting rid of it would drop that down to about $600. That's a pretty big drop if the, if, if the mathematics works yeah. out. Um, that ended as up, op- as opposed to the extra 20 bucks telling somebody that they can have an extra 2000, it might get more notice. Yeah. Um, that I believe is going to be alive for the next legislative session, but they, they want more time because they don't think that there was enough time to educate people on how it was going to work to show people mathematics and how the mathematics that, that I believe will will work an effect on all homeowners um so I, I think that proposal will come back in 2023 is there ever enough time to educate people no probably I mean, not i mean i mean people educated. that people that want to be educated maybe well, um, that's a different passive see, education some people maybe are, not some people are naturally curious and they sort of educate themselves as they go along yeah. in life other people aren't curious about anything on this particular instance though i mean I mean, I've been here for three years. You've been longer than I have. Mm-hmm. It's something that gets talked about every year, right, in the legislative session. Sure. I mean, since before three years ago when I was here, property taxes, people complaining about going up year after the, year after year. The first thing people talk about is what they don't like, and people don't like property taxes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not going away. So something is going to have to be done, and we'll find out if just the limited amount that they did this year, at least uh, getting more people that over the age of 65 to be able to stay in their house um, you know, with the, with the bill that was passed, yeah. you know, I guess it's one of those things. If it, nobody is happy, is it a good bill? <laughs> hey, nobody's happy about this. It must, it must be fair for everybody. I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I still like that old suggestion that, you know, if you buy the house for a hundred thousand dollars, then 
as long as you own the house and don't sell it to somebody else, the taxes you pay are on a hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah. Even if suddenly it, you know it's worth six hundred thousand dollars now, if you sell it, uh, then you know we can collect more taxes on it. So I would I would even add one more thing to it, not just sell it, but if you decide to refinance it also. Mm-hmm. Now, it, but other than that, if you if you don't sell it and you don't refinance it, mm-hmm. then. My, you know, my, my dad passed away year before last. He was 86 years old and he was living in a house that he had purchased for $12,000, but he was paying taxes on it, like a, almost a $300,000 house. And it, cause it was the same. It house. was, yeah, but it was probably worth, if he was going to sell it, it's worth $300,000. But for him, it wasn't worth 300000 because that's not what he paid. No. Yeah. Also, he didn't have any intention of moving. Um, we'll talk more about that this morning, if you would like, after 8.30. Like I said, we'll have an extra half hour because Congressman Russ Fulcher will not be with us uh, once again this morning. A um, couple of other things that I would like to talk about. I'm interested if more people are going to be moving out of Washington State across the line, especially in cities like Washington and Clarkston to Idaho beginning in 2030. Um, Governor Ron Inslee signed into law um, yesterday that beginning in 2030, this is eight year, less than eight years away, that vehicles will not be allowed to be sold or registered in the state if they are not electric vehicles. Mm, I wouldn't do that so far. I mean, this early, let's put it that way. It's eight years away. Will, will, will the state be able to get enough Charging stations, and we're talking, and I'm talking. Uh, granted, you in Seattle and in ur- rural areas, or urban areas rather, probably be able to. I'm talking about people that are driving from Ephrata to Spokane in those rural areas, or from Spokane to Wenatchee. Will there be enough charging places in eight years to be able to do that? And what about people who don't want to have a vehicle, mm-hmm. an electric vehicle? They just don't like electric vehicles. Like I said, I got a father-in-law who loves Mustangs, but he is not going to buy an electric one. Exactly. They're ugly. Well, plus one of the things he loves most is the sound it makes when he fires it up and takes off. We'll talk more about uh, that. Plus, I want to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, Ron DeSantis uh, Don't Say Gay bill that was signed into law this week. We haven't talked a lot about it, but Disney, um, it's apparently it's a woke world after all, um, because they <laughs> have now come out and said uh, they want the bill repealed it's a world offended a world with rights <laughs> our phone lines will be open once again uh, coming up here next we've got our casper and chris damn near impossible question we'll get to a 50 dollars gift certificate to deja brew laugh a latte on the way after traffic and weather drive home live and local with nate shellman this afternoon at three now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi <laughs> 823, Casper uh, and Chris, damn near impossible question. Steve is going to get first crack at it today. $50 gift certificate. Once again, up for grabs for you if you can get the answer correct to Deja Brew Laugh Latte. Steve, there is one state and one state only that has four times as many cattle living there as people. Which state is that? I believe that Dr. Google and I would say that that's South Dakota. That would be a correct answer, South Dakota. There are 4.3 cattle for every person in uh, South Dakota. Nebraska is next. Montana, third. North Dakota, fourth. Wyoming, fifth. Kansas, sixth. Idaho is seventh. I would have thought Idaho was much higher than that. But there's only 1.3 cattle for every person living in Idaho. Let's let them vote. Just kidding. It's a joke.
Nobody come out and slap me. Uh, hang on the line, Steve. <laughs> we got get I read some something. Info. I read something yesterday that says the average person eats eight steaks a year. And I thought, hey, you and I make up for that, don't I? Was gonna, <laughs> I was going to say, wow, we're above average. If you and if they take you and I in the average, there uh, apparently there are quite a few people who are eating no steaks oh, per yeah. year to get to that, that average. That, of, that takes into account every vegan and vegetarian. Eight per year, that's it. Mm-hmm. I think I've had it's March, almost April. I think I've had eight steaks already. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way: the other night I had two. So you know, it's just see, like, you're even helping my average yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seven eight Verizon Wireless. Don't worry if you didn't get through today. We've got more chances for you to win your fifty dollars gift certificates. Uh, another chance coming up here for you tomorrow morning. Our phone lines are open for you right now. Remember, you can always email us, Mike at kboi dot com, Chris at kboi dot com, text us. Same as our main number two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. We'll take a break. News coming up here next, and we'll get your phone calls and emails on the way. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Idaho Governor Brad Little has signed into law a property tax reduction for higher-valued houses to keep some, but not all, older, low-income Idaho residents in their homes. The measure increases the maximum value of a home that qualifies for the property tax reduction program called the Circuit Breaker. The Idaho Press reports the tax reduction ranges from $250 to $1,500, depending on the household income, which could go up to a maximum of $32,000. Backers of the legislation said older homeowners with limited incomes need the tax break or they will be forced from their homes due to soaring home values and rising property prices. You know, it's really cool is we work here on News Talk KBOI. We are just uh, a little ways from the state capitol. People who work in the state capitol, legislators, senators, the uh, state representatives, a lot of them listen to this show and listen to uh, News Talk KBOI. And from time to time, they uh, call in. And uh, from time to time, one of those people who listen and call in, State Senator Fred Martin. Welcome to the show this morning, sir. You're welcome. Good to hear you. All right. Uh, you just heard that snippet of that uh, news story uh, about the uh, law signed into uh, law just, I think, Monday. Um keeping more elderly Idahoans in their houses. Okay, now I've read it. I've heard the story. In layman's turn, can you explain exactly what this what this law does? I'll be glad to. First of all, I was hopeful, very hopeful, at the beginning of the session that we would have meaningful property tax relief. I feel that we didn't achieve that, and I think for a couple reasons. Um, now, back to the bill that was passed and the governor signed. It's uh, dealing with the circuit breaker. Those that are older, elderly, those that are low on low income can apply for the circuit breaker. The problem has been that the value of the home has continued to go up, but we haven't increased the valuation, which this bill does. Also, we increased the to 150% the poverty level, those that can qualify. So we increased not only those by income that could qualify, but also on the valuation of the home. So we did both. Now, does it cover everyone? As your lead said, no, but it increases those numbers of people. We don't want elderly people thrown out of their home. And so that's what this, the intent of this bill, it gets closer to maybe doing that. If, if this is a good bill, though, what would have made it a much better bill that would have been passable? 
um, indexing would, would have helped a great deal uh, so that we wouldn't have to visit this year after year. Um, so I would have number I would prefer that would have had been indexed and also increased it to 200 percent and also increase the valuation of the home initially and then index it both would then increase the number that would be able to participate. We haven't had a chance to uh, talk to you since the out of the box property tax bill that uh, Jim Rice proposed, Senator Jim Rice proposed. Um, so first of all, I, w- I want to get your your thoughts, kind of a two-part question, your thoughts on that particular bill. And we had also hypothesized earlier this morning in talking about it. Um, I, I, I thought that after people get a chance to get instructed and educated on, on that bill, that it might come back in next year's legislature. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, again, you know, I think you're referring to House Bill 741. Um, it's a House bill because per our, the Idaho Constitution, all revenue bills have to start in the House. And this was definitely a revenue bill because it reduced the, significantly the property tax, but it also, that's the good part, the bad part is it include, increased the sales tax. And so that was in the House. It was in a committee. Um, typically in the legislative session where we set to say we procrastinate and the important bills like this sometimes are debated towards the very end of the session and hopefully get, get through. This bill set in a, a House committee and was never debated. Now, it, it would be a hard vote because I like the part that it would significantly reduce my property tax and those in my district because it would eliminate all of the city, county, highway districts, auditorium districts off the property tax and just leave those issues that I get an opportunity to vote on, the bonds and levies. So I would self-impose those items that would be on my property tax. That's the good part of the bill. The bad, of course, it would increase, I think it was 1.85%, the sales tax on everyone. And so that was the, the part of the bill that I really wanted to hear and hear the debate, but we didn't have that opportunity because right. the House would not yeah. hear it. Now, there there was also a part of that, too, that the sales tax credit would be increased by $175. Was that right? Well, I think it was $75 to make it 175 Okay. We increased it 20 It was 100 now, and we increased it 20 in one bill that's been signed. This would have re- increased it 75 to 175 So the idea, the reason it was more, it was then offset the additional 1.85% increase in the, the, the sales tax. So it was greater than the value right. passed because of the potential increase. And that just didn't happen. Do you, do you think this bill will come up in the next legislative session? I hope it comes up the very first, plus other. We, I don't understand why and that we didn't have a major debate on property tax relief. Again, these bills have to start in the House. And, and frankly, at the end of the session, what was the House doing? They were fighting over whether or not to put librarians in jail. <laughs> and, that you know, it just didn't make any sense to me. That portion of the code in respect to whether or not uh, an adult gives a child uh, pornographic material is already covered in the code. It doesn't need to be we don't need to single out librarians, but that's what that was the final debate that we had in the at least in the house. Who sets the priorities for 
a, a session? Is it the leadership or is it, is it every committee individually? Who, who generally does that? That's a good question. It, I guess ultimately, as a senator and representatives, we introduce legislation. That legislation ends up in hopefully a germane committee. And then the major debate, uh, I feel, is in the committees where you can have experts, you can have citizens come in and tell us how this is going to personally affect them. So the first um, uh, thing that has to happen is a, a strong committee debate on these important bills. Once they get out of committee, then, of course, they're voted on, on by both bodies in, in chamber. But the real work is, frankly, done in the committees. So I feel bad that that um, property tax bill did not get a hearing in the House. So we were talking a little bit earlier this morning, and since we have you on the phone, let's go ahead and ask you, um, what are your biggest disappointments from this session? First off, and then we'll ask you what you, what you think the best accomplishments of the uh, session was. My biggest disappointment, I, I guess, I I believe that you have to be able to work with others. You have to be able to to oppose an idea and then work with that person on the next bill. Uh, the old saying, "What's the most important bill?" It's the next bill that's coming up, and so. I feel bad when I, I, I kind of see rancor or uh, arguments that are get kind of personal. I, at the last day of the session, that we, a unofficial last day, last Friday, I typically don't watch the, the House, and I did because we had nothing to do. And I, I'm just really disappointed how visceral the debate was and how they just seemed to be dysfunctional, and that, that really bothers me. So that's the number one thing. We need to get along. We need to be able to disagree agreeable and work with people across the aisle, no matter if they're the minority party or minority ideas. Um, most important thing for me would be um, health. I'm chairman of health and welfare. So the 988, which is I've been working 10 years to get a national mental health suicide prevention hotline number. We have 911. We now have, we just passed the bill, and the governor's going to be signing it soon, 988, which is the National Mental Health Suicide Prevention Hotline number. So that's number one for me. I also worked with the Down Syndrome Council on a bill and also the Multiple Sclerosis Association on a very important bill that takes the properties from the marijuana plant and makes it into a nasal spray for pain relief. That was a very important bill to, to them. The, the lack of civility that, that you were mentioning, uh, or the decreasing civility, uh, when did that first start? And, and is it, does, has it been affecting everyone or mostly just uh, you know, people who are new? Good question. I think there's always been, and there probably should be, a, a little bit of rub between the different branches of government. Our Constitution is set up to, for checks and balances between the executive, judicial, and legislative. And also, I think the, between the House and the Senate, it needs to be um, a relationship that we are uh, c- concerned about what they're doing and, and look at with, with a with serious eye anything that we hear. But we ultimately need to work together for the benefit of the citizens of the state of Idaho. And when this contention gets in the way of passing bills like property tax relief, that's when it becomes a problem. Senator Fred Martin, uh, appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Um, tomorrow, um, do you got 
I know you have to uh, come back. Do you, do you think the uh, veto is going to be overridden um, on the uh, governor's <laughs> veto of uh, the bill earlier this week about taking the one-year pause on uh, mandates for coronavirus? Very good question. Let me take, first of all, the history part of it. In the last 30 years, going back with Governor um, Otter, Governor Little, Governor Otter, and Governor uh, Andrus, in the last 30 years that I've been involved in politics or more, there's been two overrides, one of Governor Otter and one of Governor uh, Andrus. And so they each probably vetoed around 30 to 40 bills, and they each had one override. So historically speaking, it's very hard not impossible, but very hard to override a governor's veto. Now, I voted for the underlying bill. I thought it... Oh? Are you there, Senator? I think he's dropped out. Somewhere. I think he just uh, dropped out. I'm back. Oh, okay, oh, there good, you are. good, good. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> again, I voted for the underlying bill. I think it was uh, an important bill to, to be able to vote for. It was a hard vote, but I did vote for it. Now, is the Senate, it, it originally, this bill goes to the Senate first because it is a Senate bill. The House uh, on this bill doesn't have an override. The original vote was not an override uh, enough to override the governor's veto. Right. The Senate were within one vote. So if one senator was to, for whatever reason, change their, their, their vote, the, the Senate would not be able to override the veto. Now, if I knew it was going to happen, I would... Uh, and the stock market this morning, um, but uh, we'll we'll see. It's an important thing that we. I have not read yet the governor's veto. I will read that and then make a decision. Uh, but I did vote for the underlying bill. All right, and that vote. Do you know what time that's supposed to happen tomorrow? Well, we go into session at eleven o'clock. Um, I'm assuming that that uh, would be one of the first things we would do on the agenda. I'm not aware of any other items that's officially on the agenda other than. It will be read across the floor, and then there'll be a motion to either uh, to take a vote or and or to table it or to send it back to committee. All right. Senator Fred Martin, thank you for being with us, taking some time. Much appreciated, and thank you for uh, listening and uh, feeling free to call in. Thank you always. Uh, good to talk to you, and I owe you two now. Yeah, that's I'll, true. I'll, I'll be <laughs> up. Uh, I'll tell you what. We'll stick with one, and you'll be fine. We'll call it even. Okay. All right. Okay, thank you very much. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 854, East Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Email in, uh, writes, Mike, you are maddening. The governor is not governor of the businesses. He is the governor of the people. Rights and protections are afforded to the people. Our governor is not concerned about business rights. That's just what he says out loud. He'd love to impose the, vac- impose the vaccine on everyone. He just wouldn't get reelected if he did. He's the kind of governor that lets his minions do his dirty work like a schoolyard bully. Legislature, you do the right stripping. Thankfully, not all work for the uh, rhino. Ah. <sighs> I'm glad you brought this up because, first of all, I'm a business owner. My wife and I are business owners. Why are your personal rights any more important than our personal rights? We're all equal. Your rights are no more important than our rights. So as a business owner, 
I also have personal rights to run my business the way I want and not want to have the government involved in yeah. it. You just, with, you just assume with, that uh, people are not running businesses, that businesses run their own. Yeah. Well, with, with the exception of you, you can't necessarily run a business uh, where you're doing something that harms people. Right. You know, that simple, if it's against the law. Yeah, simple rules like that. Um, th- th- here's the reason why uh, that I am against it. So, first of all, we, uh, as a business owner, would have never mandated that all of our people get vaccinated. My wife runs a company. She would never have done that, never did it. And then she didn't, okay. But she doesn't, and I'm the same way. I don't want the government as much as, as little as possible in telling me how to run our business. By the same token, if you are for mandating that you cannot force your employees to get vaccinated, then you're saying you're for mandates. And I, I'm totally against the mandates that happened in Washington and Oregon and other states that mandated that employers so, must require so that people get vaccinated. You are against the mandates that simply mandate that you can't mandate things. Yes. Because want the government are, as much out are, of the business as, yeah. of, of running my business as possible. Those, those are still mandates. You're right about that. So I, I get it that there are certain things that the government does get involved in. Um, you know, you've got, you've got civil rights. You've got things like that. Um, I, I get it, but I want them out of the business of running my business as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and the governor's been on, on our show stating the same thing. Um, he has never been for mandating mm-hmm. vaccines. He's actually said that. He encourages it, but he said he is never going to mandate that anybody has to be vaccinated. But as a company, if you want to, that's up to you. We'll take a break. More of your phone calls on the way if you'd like to get a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us today, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. In our final hour, you can uh, send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. You can also text us, same as our main number. Uh, you're at the 25K payday password. In case you missed it right there, though, um, we're on day number three, profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. O-F-I-T. F-I-T. Uh, by the way, I just got a, a text message uh, that gave us profit, and I'm, I'm saying this again. Do not text us to 208-336-3700. Oh. It will get you nothing. There is a special number that you must text to get with your only, chance. With, yes, with only five digits. With only five digits, uh, it's something you want to lock into your phone because every time we give one of these things, it, it seems like somebody tries to text us to try and win the hundred dollars. You're not going to win the hundred dollars unless you text that keyword to nine five eight one nine nine five eight one nine. So if you just if you missed the word, the, the word this hour is profit. Nine five eight one nine. One person will be chosen a little bit later to win $100 in cash. It'll be doing that every day, Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 p.m. Next hour, we'll have a new keyword for you. And then everybody who wins, of course, will be in for that $25,000 grand prize drawing, which will happen on May 2nd. But if you don't win one of the $100 uh, during the week, you have no chance of winning the $25,000. Mm. Of course, you have to play to win. It's like the lottery. You have no chance of winning if you don't play. You sound like the gambling bug. Sits on your shoulder and says, you can't win if you don't play. <laughs> it's kind of true. Gambling, more gambling, gambling. RJ writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you are free to run your business as you see fit, and employees are free to seek employment elsewhere if they don't agree with the company's policies. 
Um, that's true. If, if, if my, my wife and company, if they don't like the fact that she doesn't require people to get vaccines mm-hmm. against COVID, you know, they don't feel safe because she's not requiring all her employees to get vaccinated. Well, guess what? They can go someplace that yeah. does require vaccines. They, they still have freedom of choice. Yeah. Um, that's, that's totally true. Kevin Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, guys. Hey, you know, that last uh, fellow you had on there, uh, the Senator uh, Martin, Ricky Martin? Senator Fred Martin. What's his name? <laughs> Fred, oh, Martin. Fred Martin. not Fred Ricky Martin. Martin. He's kind of a joker. He's kind of like Ricky Martin. Um, you know, I want to remind everybody, he's got his nice little set of facts that he likes to believe in when he goes and criticizes the House. But, you know, we all know that the House tends to be the people's voice, not the Senate. Same thing in the U.S. Congress. The House more reflects the views of the public. And the House put up a lot of bills. Remember that special session last fall? A lot of bills regarding the um, the vaccine mandates and the va- diff- different things that had to do with, you know, these, these corporations doing certain things. And... What did what did he do? He took the the session off, I believe, and claimed back issues. They they pocketed bills. They sent bills to Patty Ann Lodge because she's retiring, and they didn't hear a one of those bills that the House put forward. So here he is, ganging up on the House and totally ignoring all the facts of what actually happens. I'd like to know the true number of bills that the House the Senate has sat on versus the House. I've testified for many bills that have been stuck under the desk in Senate committees and never saw the light of day. It, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't surprise me if the Senate sat on considerably more than the House because the the, the attitude of, I mean, I've asked several senators about this, and their attitude usually is that uh, in the House you pass what's popular, and in the Senate you pass it if it's popular and a good idea. And they they think they are the ones who decide whether something is a good idea or not. Yeah, I mean, after he said, uh, you know, after 30 years of politics, you know, that's our problem. Politics is not a career. He needs gone. We need new blood. We need new people in there. And uh, once again, I'll just say this before I go. Everybody, vote the incumbents out. Let's get some new blood in there. Let's 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 have some new voices. These people are not working for for the average voter. They're working for the uh, IACI and for the for the government government of Idaho. They're not working for us anymore. Thank you for the call, Kevin. You bet. Uh, Barbara writes in, uh, heard the news this morning that Putin may be informed about how the war is, or may not be informed about how the war is going because his advisors are afraid to tell him the truth. Ask yourself if you would want to be the one to tell Putin he is uh, losing. No. (laughs) I mean, probably not, but he's going to figure it out. You know, we we have an old saying, don't shoot the messenger. I don't think we have a a Russian translation for that, though. (laughs) Have you, have you, this is the, I mean, war is not funny, and what's happening is not funny. Um, this, however, is funny because um, oligarchs are having their property taken around the world. Um, real estate, holdings, uh, bank accounts. If it, Yachts the size of small islands. And so they're trying to hide their yachts in different places across the world. Um, the reason this is funny is uh, because the oligarchs, are getting their yachts taken away right now as they try to hide them. They're having trouble hiding them because of the stupid people who are on the yachts 
are taking pictures yeah. and then posting them to Instagram <laughs> and social media, which allows those which is, places to be tracked. <laughs> admit it though. Admit it though. If you were on that yacht, you would have an urge. Oh yes, I to, would to show everybody. Look at this. Look at this stuff. But that's how they're finding. It's like they're going. How are they finding? We were hidden really well. It's it's like your idiots that you're inviting on the yacht. Mm-hmm. They're they're sharing their spots on social you know where, media. You know where you need, you know where you need to be if you want to hide your yacht. Sailing in international waters is where you need to be. There you go. Uh, yeah, um, because it, I mean, there's no way to post not, not near Somalia, on social but just media about, just either. About every place else is reasonably safe. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. It's like I'm trying. How come they're? How are they able to find us? We were hiding. And it's like, well, you've got a couple of uh, young women here in bikinis who posted on Instagram uh, that they're on your yacht in this city. And believe it or not, when women show up in bikinis, <laughs> people tend to notice. Kind, uh, kind, kind of a uh, a human nature and or male human nature. Got to got to kind of laugh at that. Uh, uh, Real quick here, Curtis wrote in uh, earlier talking about uh, getting the booster shot. He says, I'm sure the good little sheep will line up for number four, despite infectious disease doctors uh, don't believe it's needed. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's probably true. As, as I've said all along, I take my own doctor's advice. I, I urge you to do the same thing, or at least ask your doctor if you don't want to take your doctor's advice. But uh, I suppose since I just do pretty much whatever my uh, personal physician says that I guess I could qualify as a sheep, but yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, matter of degree writes, if that is your real name, I don't need any cert- certifications or, diclo- or diplomas to run my business, but the government does mandate that I file taxes, yearly reports, pay a minimum wage, etc. Yep. If I recall, your business uh, is real estate related. Aren't there requirements that they have licenses and registrations, etc.? It's a matter of what benefits me and how much I'm willing to sacrifice to achieve my goals. Mandates are a matter of degrees. I might find it easy to do. Other, not so much. Yeah, you, you are exactly right. And we said that, that there are certain things that the government requires you to do. Mm-hmm. But I want that to be the least amount of things that I'm required to do by the government. I don't want the federal government. I want the federal government involved in my business, my personal business, as little as possible. About about 28 years ago, I guess it was uh the radio industry was widely deregulated. It was during the Clinton administration, which is weird. You don't usually think of somebody like Bill Clinton as deregulating things, but uh, it it there was a movement to do so, and, and people, uh, cor- corporations, wanted to buy radio stations and were being prevented from doing that. The old rule was if you owned radio stations, you could own, in a, in a given town, 1 FM and 1 AM, and in the entire country, you could own 6 AMs and 6 FMs, and that was it. You couldn't have more than 12 radio stations. So they, they deregulated, and suddenly uh, corporations could buy hundreds of stations or at first just simply run them you know, on a lease or something like that. Uh, what I'm getting at, though, is when, when they deregulated, okay, when you first got your license to uh, perform on mm-hmm. the radio and, and operate the, uh, the station, what did you have to do for it? I had to take a test. Yeah, so did I. It was a, I had was to, a class I had C to study. license, right? Yeah, I had to study for a couple of weeks and then uh, take a test. And then about five years later, uh, all they had to do was sign up. And then a few years later, they got rid of licenses altogether. I still have my license, but I don't. I've never, sh- I haven't shown it to anybody have, in 20 years. somewhere. It's laminated somewhere. But yeah, you didn't have to, a- says, afterwards you just say, yeah. hey, I, I want to be on the radio. It's like, all right. It's a, it says 1983 on it. Here's your permit. Uh, basically, I, once again, uh, a matter of degree, just to give you, I don't want the government telling me 
that I must make my employees get vaccinated for COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm using that as an example because that's what everybody's talking about. I also, the flip side of that is I don't want the government to tell me as a personal private owner of a business that I can't have employees vaccinated if I want, even though I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying I don't want the government man in my in the business of mandating yeah. things well, like and, that. And to a certain extent, uh, I, okay, even if the government tells you that you can't in Idaho mandate that your employees get vaccinated, uh, Idaho has already determined for the last almost 40 years that you can fire somebody with, with any with, reason, with yeah. no reason whatsoever, or for any reason you want, as long as it doesn't violate their civil rights. And something like I don't think you're, you know, a good part of the team anymore. That does not violate your civil rights. No. And all they have to do is say that. Roseanne writes in uh, on a different subject. Good question, though. Um, property tax. Why do rentals depreciate yet owner occupied residences appreciate? Then I, I'm not a tax expert. I'm not a CPA, but I will try to answer this. Um, the reason all has to do with taxes. If you own a rental, you're you're trying to write off as much as possible mm-hmm. legally, and you're allowed to depreciate that property, even though the the property is still appreciating. It's not it's not really going down. Yeah, if you own a business, or even even anybody, if you're not taking the deductions to which you are entitled, then you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. So basically, you're taking the depreciation for tax purposes, which you are not legally allowed to do on your own private personal residence, mm-hmm. um, unless you, of course, are using it as a rental, as an Airbnb or something, something like that. Then you are allowed to take the depreciation. It's, it's literally just a tax device. So it's not it's not in in reality really happening as as if you would sell that rental property is sometime say five years in the future it is definitely going to be worth more than what you paid for yeah. even though you've taken the depreciation. Last time uh, I owned a house, we didn't have air conditioning at all, and you wouldn't believe the sweat equity I put in that. Thing. <laughs> we'll take a break. It's nine seventeen. When we come back, I do, I wanted to get to this today because. Um, it was signed into law. It, it, people are calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida, even though there's nothing in it that doesn't that says you can't say gay. There's nothing in the bill that says that. It's actually called the Parental Rights Education Bill, but you know Democrats and critics are getting more mileage out of it by calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Governor DeSantis signed it, signed it into law this week, and uh, yesterday um, he was attacked by Disney saying that he he crossed the line and once the bill repealed even though they said nothing about it while it was going through the legislature but now that it has been signed into law uh they're coming out against it and saying it needs to be repealed it'd be a weird feeling being attacked by disney attacked by disney uh we'll talk a little bit about this i i don't know just because it is called don't say gay bill i wonder how many people think well why that's stupid you should be allowed to say gay if you're in school and has nothing to do with that See, and, it's in the flintstones theme song <laughs> i i wonder if people even know what is in this bill and and i'm curious if you do know what's in the bill are you for it are you against it 208-336-3700 tonight at 10 it's michael knowles now back to mike casper and chris walton This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said yesterday that the Walt Disney Company crossed the line when it declared it would push to repeal a sexual identity and gender education bill that critics have dubbed Don't Say Gay. How did they cross the line? The state is governed by the interests of people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. The legislation officially named the Parental Rights and Education Bill will limit teachers' instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity for classes from kindergarten to third grade. Takes effect July 1st. I don't know about anybody else. I don't want my five, six, or seven-year-old, or apparently eight or often nine, nine nine-year-olds are in third grade? Uh, they can be. Oh, okay. You can turn like I don't. I don't want most any, most third graders are eight, but some of them turn nine during the school year. I don't want my kids being taught sexual identica- identification in my school. No, I, I don't either. I think that's too young to. Uh, it's it's it may not be too young too young to know about it, but it's definitely too young to worry about it. They don't say you can't teach them about it as a parent. If you want to teach your kids. About sexual orientation or, or gender identity, you or, can still do that. Or literally anything else in the world. Yes. Yeah. You, you, there, are, you are still the parent. This bill only says teachers in public schools are not allowed to teach kindergartners, first graders, second graders, up to third grade about sexual orientation and gender identity. It's always that's it. a little bit amazing to me if I hear a group of parents or even just a couple... Uh, Saying that, you know, it's the school's fault because they didn't teach them this. They didn't teach them, you know, they didn't have any sex education or they didn't teach them how to balance a checkbook or, mm-hmm. you know, not to, uh, uh, you know, over uh, do credit cards, things right. like that. And, and I, what I wonder is if, if you know this stuff is not being taught in schools, why aren't you teaching it to your own child if you want them to know it? What? What? What do you? I I have to take responsibility for my own children. You don't have to, but <sighs> it is it's a it's a reasonably good idea. Wesley Emmett, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Hey, Jeremy. Yes. Oh, good. Hey, I listen to you guys every morning. It's a great show. Uh, totally in agreement with uh, the the bill. Um, I don't think their mental capacity is enough to even consider teaching them about that. And plus, you're in, they're in school so about actual education, not that type of education. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree. I have kids. I really don't want them to be... I'd rather them have education on math and English and literature rather than that. When, when television first started and all of a sudden people had uh, entertainment in their own homes which they hadn't had before. If you didn't want to go to the movies or read a book, you just didn't. But all of a sudden, here's television, you know, in everybody's living room. Uh, when it first started out, you did not see romantic couples on television at all. You, you would see a husband and wife give yeah. each other a peck on the cheek or something and sleep in separate beds. But it, a lot of that was because they figured a family shouldn't have to deal with something they don't want to explain to their five-year-old. Correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. If they want to do it in their own personal space... Have at it. I mean, that's great, but other kids aren't there for that. They're there for, to learn and, and not to learn about that. And they're, like I said, their mental capacity just isn't, they don't, they don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. So they're not critical. I, I just, Generally, they no, can't, they can't think critically enough. They don't have the skills yet. 
they're just learning ABCs and one, two, threes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that in the mix. I mean, fundamentals. Dang. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Wesley. Uh, I, I guess I just don't understand the pushback on this. You know, from some people saying, no, f- kindergartners, first, second, and third graders should be being taught about sexual identity and and. There, there's nothing saying there that they are, can't be. It's just there are different in opinions. school. There are different opinions about it. This is going to end up being one of those things where, essentially, I think the majority is going to rule. But there again, if something isn't being taught in your child's school that you think your child should know, you, you might want to go to the library and check out a book on it yourself, or <laughs> you know, look it up someplace reliable on the internet or whatever you want to oh, do. Don't open up that Pandora's box that we're going to start putting these books in the library, Chris. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Uh, let's see, William wrote in, and this was uh, much earlier when we were talking about Jim Rish. He says, uh, good morning, Chris. I don't suppose Jim Rish was asked if he was aware of or participated in cocaine-fueled sex orgies with his colleague Madison Cawthorn. I'm going to go on record as saying that uh, I've known Jim Rish for some time, and I've never really seen him as the sort of guy who would participate in cocaine-fueled sex orgies. I've never seen him in any of the parties. I don't, I, I, I don't I mean, know. I don't know Madison, of it. I don't know Madison Cawthorn. But I know he makes the news a lot for saying things that people tend to fact check. It doesn't mean he's right or wrong. I'm just saying that he makes the news a lot. Dave writes in, if parents are unwilling to take responsibility of indoctrinating their own kids, can we call CPS for child neglect? <laughs> you, you laugh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing somebody might have done that already. Yeah, you, you could be right. Let's see, John... Wrote and he says uh, Russia versus Ukraine boxing match. The best analogy I can come up with with a McGregor fight that was supposed to be a KO in no more than two rounds, but now has gone a full twelve rounds and might go more. Of course, they don't they don't go into extra rounds in a boxing match anymore. They they used to do that around the yeah. turn the turn of uh, not this century but last century. You'd have fifty, sixty rounds something. Well, like yeah, that. they they kept fighting until somebody couldn't uh, answer the bell. Yeah. Um, he says, I don't believe for a moment that Russia is reducing operations. I say the current Russia move is a head fake, and that very well could, could be. be. Man. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Get back to more of your phone calls and emails coming up after news. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless email. Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. You can send us an instant message on the fan page on Facebook or text us. Same as our uh, main number. Dow's clawed back a little bit this morning. They were down over 100 points a little while ago. Now only down 33 points after being up 300 points. It may be time to check my uh, 401k again. Uh, I may not want to no, throw up uh, as much as I did a week ago. Because we've had like, what, four or five days straight of... You should just wear some sort numbers? of a like like a smartwatch or something that just has the the balance on it at all times. You can just glance at it every five minutes, like you want to. I know, I know, I shouldn't, but I want to, because I was like I said the last time I looked, it scared me so much. <laughs> I'd like to retire someday. Uh, Ted in Boise, thanks for yeah. being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, uh, about this thing in Florida about the about sex education to little kids. Um, I'd see this. I'm a little bit older than a lot of people listeners, and uh, this goes. This is a long-standing debate that goes back to the early uh, '60s, primarily a little bit in the late '50s, about whether or not schools should be teaching any sex ed in school. 
and it was uh, basically formed from uh, liberals and their um, uh, sexual reformation stuff that went on in the 60s, early 60s. And it comes down to the debate, you know, who's responsible for it? Is it the school's responsibility or is it the parent's responsibility? Ultimately, I think it's the parent's responsibility. That's something private. That's something that's a value that we need to teach. And that, in my family, that's what my parents did, and that's what I'm doing with mine, and that's what my grad, my kids are doing with their grandkids. Um, secondly, what's the underlying motivation or agenda for a teacher wanting to teach such young children these issues? I really wonder whether or not that person is they maybe need to be investigated for their ideas as far as why they want to teach kindergartners to third graders about sexual issues. That well, seems well, you know the, the 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 individual teachers don't choose the topics. That's always the, the school district that does that. Well, the, I've been around education for a long time. The input comes from the individual teachers and it goes up as the individual teachers you know work their way up the system. Uh, it gets uh, gets into the unions, and then it gets into the school board, and the the people that are uh, you know on the school board are primarily ones that have either been principals or uh, administrators, and uh, you know if they're setting the agenda that it's uh, um, based on some liberal uh, sexual revolution, and then it's right for us to stand up and say, no, you don't get to do that, and, and I think that's what the governor of uh, Florida has done, and I agree with him completely. I don't necessarily have a problem with sex education being taught in school if it's age appropriate because it is studies have shown that you know as far as teen pregnancy it helps it helps with teen pregnancy if this is talked about and taught in school cuz I mean there are some parents who just absolutely don't do it but when you're talking Kindergartners, first graders, second graders—they're—they're they're not just—they're not ready for it. I, I just no. don't think that that is the time that you start teaching. And this this particular law, um, you know, had nothing to do with sex education. It's gender identity, teaching gender identity, not even sex education. Well, you get into gender identity, and then there's a well, why do we have to know that? And you know, what's the reason that they want to be identified as a woman or a man or something? You know, it. Um, I. I, I It'll go farther than what it just says on the paper. Thank you for the call, Ted. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh-huh. Um, Angry Idahoan writes, um, they need, the need is now to systematically start lowering the spending and funding of Idaho State's programs that are funded exclusively by taking money from poor people just to give it back to those same people. We do this by not taking money from them to begin with. This will eliminate the need for good Idahoans with financial constraints from being reliant on the state to afford food and fuel. This needs to be done right now. I think he's talking about the uh, increase in uh, tax credit instead of taking it away right now. Then there are a lot of people that feel like the angry Idahoan where mm. instead of giving our money back after we've paid it at the end of the year, why not give it to us all year long if you're just going to give it back anyway? Doug has written in. We had a report earlier uh, about uh, canals being dangerous, and uh, one, you're supposed to keep your kids away from canals. You know, don't swim in a canal, even if you think it's safe. Don't uh, you know, float a raft in a canal. Don't do anything at a canal. And they said, if your pet falls in, don't even try to rescue the pet. Uh, call somebody. And I'm thinking, boy, that would be difficult. You know, if you see your own pet drowning, to not dive in and rescue your pet. But anyway, Doug 
wrote and said, uh, Good morning, Chris. Speaking of canals, there was a rescue in a canal of a dog, and after multiple bites from the dog, they finally rescued that dog. That's not the dangerous part, but yeah. That, <laughs> yeah that, but that can't be dangerous <laughs> on top of it. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Um, another one, Bruce writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com, since we're talking about it, says uh, the, your news division has announced that the irrigation canals are expected to begin filling the first week of April. Um, the announced beginning of canal filling is April 18th. Um, I know that, I, I, I don't know specifically, I haven't read, I, I've only heard what we our, our news has said, that they are going to start to begin being filled. I know that some of the canals are going to be start to being filled because our irrigation for our lawn watering is going to be turned on next week. And if the canals aren't being filled next week, then I'm not going to be able to use water mm-hmm. um, to water our lawn. I live in Nampa, so I, I know that there are some canals, maybe not all canals, are, are going to be filled right away. And I know the news did say, I did hear one, or read one um, uh, news story that said it will take a couple of weeks for the canals to all be filled. So maybe that has something yeah. to do with it. So but, they'll be filled by the 18th. Yeah. Okay. So I, I know for a fact, though, that I that there are some, because I, I talked to our lawn person, and he said, hey, the canal will be opened up this weekend. Uh, we're going to start to turn on the uh, irrigation water um, for our, our subdivision. So yeah. I know some of them will be uh, started as soon as, like, what is Friday's April the 1st. Denny in Nampa wrote in and said, could one surmise that if you were a prophet, you could really profit? <laughs> Yes, you could. Uh, a lot of the modern-day uh, prophets or modern-day people who refer to themselves as prophets are actually cult leaders, and yeah, they tend to make pretty good money. Kim writes in, uh, depreciation on rentals that you were talking about a little bit earlier, my favorite, most hated topic. Tenants do not realize that if we sell our rental, we only own one, and if we don't uh, do a 1039, we have to pay capital gains taxes on the profit from depreciated price, not the purchase price, to selling the price. Ouch. Everyone thinks we're making dollars hand over fist. In this market, it's insane. You end up in the landlord rut for life and just pass on that burden to your children. So she's given the other side of it. I mean, people who are renting homes are not happy with it, and people <laughs> who have homes to rent apparently are not happy with it. Mm-hmm. I I know they don't have very much pride of ownership. Uh, James says, for another year, we have heard nothing about cutting spending from either party. Politics and government is all about spending our money. The spending needs to stop, but neither party will ever stop spending. I, I see that James has been paying attention. Freedom Lover writes in, uh, if that is your real name, um, email mike at kboi.com. You, you keep mentioning business rights. Could you list the secured? First of all, let me let me. I don't mention business rights. I said I mentioned individual rights. Individual as a rights owner. as a business owner. I, mm-hmm. I asked the question: Why are your personal rights more important than my personal rights? Just because I own a business, they aren't. We have equal rights. Uh, again, when you're running a business, the 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 main problem that the government would have with you is if you violate someone's civil rights. Right. Generally by refusing to uh, serve somebody based on uh, something like not their behavior, but something they can't control. I could be wrong, but I can't think of any businesses who have any rights. Uh, Well, let's see. Uh, Businesses, uh, I, I think, what was the ruling here a few years ago where businesses are considered people? 
In other words, they're not considered large groups of people, but they're actually considered people. Like a business or a corporation can donate to somebody's campaign because it's the same as one person doing it. Got it. So there are some instances where that would be. Maybe. Like, like a business doesn't have the right to vote, but the person who owns a business has the right to vote. Marine Bob says, Chris and Mike, could a business mandate that all women employees take birth control because they don't want anyone leaving for pregnancies? It's their business, after all. I think they could try. Well, they actually, they couldn't because it goes against the civil rights because you're not allowed to say that somebody can or can't get pregnant. So right there, you're protected by the Constitution with civil are, rights. Are you allowed to say somebody can or can't you know, get COVID? Um, I believe uh, so far, at least, the Supreme Court hasn't heard that cases, but other course, court, courts have, and yeah. so far, yeah. Um, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Jeff writes in, I just heard a political advertisement on your station from Raul Labrador for Idaho Attorney General. I didn't pay attention to the ad until he said something about being a conservative attorney general. So I went to his campaign website. Website It says he'll ensure Idaho conservative legislators will have a partner in the attorney general's office. So does this mean that if Raul is our Idaho attorney general, he'll potentially ignore the law and only side with conservative legislators? What if the law sometimes is in disagreement with the right? I can see how you could interpret it that way. Yeah. I'm, he probably doesn't mean that to be his main message. But you're right. If, if that's what is said, keep in mind, it's a political ad and he's trying to get elected. I mean, you, when you say you're with somebody, you don't usually say, hey, I'm with you as long as you're right. KBY News Times 946. We'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Final chance to get through if you'd like to right now. 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.50, Chris Walton and Mike Casper. Final segment of the uh, show this morning. Uh, you guys were, this is an email, you guys were talking about the 2008 crash earlier this week and all the fraud and corruption in the mortgage lending industry that went on that led to the crash and then listed some movies that you need to watch that really made you mad because they documented basically everything that was going on and how deep the corruption ran. So now, after you guys uh, talk about the CDC and government as if those two institutions and others could never be corrupt and will never lie to us, fast forward 10 to 12 years from now, we'll be watching movies about what's happening now and all the deep corruption in our infallible institutions. One of those things, we haven't had a chance to talk about this um, and there was an article written here recently uh, about this could be the biggest fraud in a generation, talking about the looting of COVID relief plan known as PPP. People taking their millions of dollars, people that lived in um, urban areas saying they owned a farm that had 25 farm workers and, you know, getting loans to pay those farm workers, um, people getting the PPP loans and then buying property or buying Lamborghinis, used as an example, um, participating in the theft as much as $80 billion or about 10% of the $800 billion handed out for COVID relief plan known as the Paycheck Protection Program. Some of the people are saying that the the money is never going to be able to be recovered again. 
I don't know what, I mean, I keep hearing stories and I keep seeing stories and this is becoming bigger and bigger um, as people are now finding out and starting the investigation into how much fraud really went into people who didn't use it correctly or set out to just defraud the government and, yeah. and because it was so easy to do because it was just basically you go into a bank and you say yep i got 25 employees and i got this business even though they didn't have a business or the 25 employees um because if if you used it and said you used it for the specific things that the uh, government said that you were to use it for then the loan is just forgiven so it was free money and people as is human nature as we see every day in this country took advantage of it so now what do you do how do you get this money back do you i mean all these people should be investigated. If they are found to have done anything legal, they should be sent to jail. I personally think, and I, I thought about it this yesterday when I saw this story, I personally think that the, this should also be treated as the IRS does. And I think it would be a lot easier to do it that way instead of having um, you know, federal investigators trying to find these people person by person by person. Um, because... If you know somebody that who has cheated on the PPP loans or the unemployment loans and shouldn't have got those, and, and I mean, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars here that you and I and all of us listening today who are taxpayers lost that money. That's our money. What does the IRS do? The IRS does, what the IRS does is if you turn somebody in that you uh-huh. know have has cheated, then you get a portion of whatever is recovered. So, I, I mean, most people are just like, uh, oh, man, you don't, you, you don't want to be a narc. Yeah, in this particular instance. Which, by the way, is not short for narcolepsy. No. In this particular instance, yes, I think you do. That's our tax money that people took advantage of. I think oh, that you should, if you know somebody who defrauded the government there is, and says uh, that they have a farm and they don't own a farm and got millions of dollars, that you turn them in. And if they turn in and they recover, say, a million dollars, you get 10% of that million dollars, whatever they recover. If there's anyone out there who doesn't think we have tattletales in this day and age, in this society, I, I would invite you to get a police radio and listen to it for an entire afternoon, as my, <laughs> as my wife has to do, because she reports uh, afternoon traffic on, on several bit. radio stations. Uh, apparently, it's about every five minutes uh, the police are saying to each other, we got a call about a guy doing this, or we got a call about somebody doing this. And some of them are completely valid, like they've reported drunk drivers and, and, and road rage and stuff like that. And every now and then, it's just somebody trying to get back at somebody else, yeah. probably for passing them. Experts say millions of bor- borrowers, millions, inflated their numbers of employees or created companies uh, out of nothing so that they could take advantage of getting the money because this, this, the SBA, which ran the program, um, they had issued guidance, but there was very little oversight into checking if these people were actually who they said. They actually had the employees. They actually had the business. We can't just allow this just to say, so what? Because, I mean, part of the reason that we're in the trouble with the economy and, and inflation is this, all, all this money. Yeah. I mean, think about that. If that money didn't, go to fraudulent people, it would still be in the government to use on other stuff. And I'll I'll repeat what somebody will write in and say that, hey, fraud should be illegal. KBOI Newstime, 9.56. We're on a 20-hour break. Thanks for participating in the show. We'll be back again to do it all tomorrow morning at 6. See you then.